0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive, with Andy and the White Whale.
1: Welcome to the Deep Dive. We have assembled the all-star crew to get after this March Madness betting experience. Uh, We have, uh, as always, our spectacular college basketball handicapping co-host, Andy. Andy, how are you doing on this uh, outstanding uh tuesday edition of the deep dive
0: now we're doing it early and i, I mean I, I don't know i guess it's because i'm traveling too but it's also because we want to get as many of these games in as early as possible talk about a bunch of it a bunch of angles i'm pumped i'm leaving the house in like seven hours i'm taking a very early flight out to vegas i've made that a abundantly clear that i'm not staying at home for the tournament so and i think anybody who doesn't take the opportunity to go out to las vegas for this would be you know just wasting the tournament because you only have so many of these in your life it'd be a real shame to miss it it's
1: a great point man uh, that, and this one is set up this one looks good damn good man uh and uh, so to help us break this down Uh, Someone who has his finger on the pulse of everything that is going on uh, way deep into the weeds researching these matchups and has uh, all of the insight you're looking for to handicap round one and the tournament at large. Uh, Welcome back to the deep dive. Great friend of the pod, Mr. Lockie Lockerson.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. That was quite the intro. I didn't, I didn't know whether I should hop in there or just let all the <laughs> accolades keep coming. That was pretty good. So, doing great. Yes. Happy to be here.
1: So. The mast Okay, uh, so you know it's the middle of March, uh, and uh, we want to hit what everyone wants to talk about: first period totals in NHL hockey. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what, what do we got on tap? No, no, no. We're we're here to talk about March Madness. Um, even though I don't bet a ton of college basketball in my life anymore. Uh, I still have an absolutely soft spot in my heart for this tournament and this experience. I'm also headed out to Las Vegas this year for uh, for the Madness. And I cannot wait to get down some some of this action on some of these round one games. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, while my initial reaction to the bracket at large was kind of, eh, you know, eh, I guess. Like, I didn't really have a ton of exciting excitement in terms of the way that the seating worked out. It all looked kind of bright. Like it looked right. Like there wasn't a lot of teams that I thought should have got in that didn't. There wasn't a lot of you know drama or controversy to hit on. Uh, it was just kind of a good bracket. Uh, is that fair, Andy? Uh,
0: and I guess I said this to someone earlier. Like I, I'm just too I'm too freaking old to get <laughs> caught up in the outrage anymore. Like I guess it's fun. Like some people still maybe maybe it's not an a- Allen Boston gets awful worked up my team's <laughs> not getting in
1: but yes. uh, uh lips oh yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> i wish lips come in but it, it, it's 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 out of your control it's fun to watch i uh, honestly like if, if i was still in the mindset where i got really worked up about my teams that i thought should have got in I, I wouldn't be too upset so, yeah play in that's about right same thing with a couple other teams they're playing in. And honestly, some of the teams they kept out too. And it, it, it's hard to keep some of these lower Big Ten teams out. It just the net numbers, I mean, they're still half-decent teams. It, it's hard to compare. It's apples and oranges sometimes with these teams where the strength of schedules are just so wildly different you can try to normalize them all you want. It's still tricky and the committee has a tough job. So, and I mean, so I agree with you. I think it was a pretty fair shake for everybody. And honestly, it's just whatever, like nobody as soon as the game start tipping off.
1: Yep. That's a good point. Um, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting roller coaster, the way that the, uh, the NCAA basketball season plays out. Beginning of the season, we know virtually nothing about these teams. Um, the focus of the general betting public is on college football, NFL. To a degree, some NBA betters are out there hitting about hitting basketball. There's, you know, only like the college basketball hardos and, and the, you know the heavy duty modeling folks are the ones kind of hitting the college basketball market in November, December, et cetera uh and uh you know there's usually p- pretty soft lines no one really knows much about these teams there's lots of money to be made early on in the season uh and then as we learn more and more about these teams it gets tougher and tougher and tighter and tighter uh until you get to conference tournament season where there is just a fire hose spray of games happening all day all all hours of the day uh you know every day for you know t- going on like what two weeks it felt like there was just a just a wash of games every single day. Uh and uh and it's tough. It's tough to bet those. Uh and then here we are now, March Madness rolls around. There are fewer games than there used to be. There is more known about these teams than ever before. And there is all of a sudden a new wash of an entire uh you know betting pop pub public that rushes to get involved in the betting action on March Madness. Um, You know, how, how do you put all the pieces together, Lockie, in terms of what is this experience, what is this tournament, and, you know, what are the key things that you need to have in mind as you get into this experience?
2: So I, I agree with basically everything that you said. Like, I think, I honestly feel like a lot of pros probably, excuse me, probably treat the season like seasons, right? So there's non-conference play, uh, which is really about learning about the teams, you know, the non-conference play that the general features are like the travels totally messed up it's around the holidays a lot like none of the players have actually played together before aside from practice there are new coaches there's new schemes like it's really it's a lot of learning and a lot of like really kind of wacky situations that emerge especially because of the travel if you follow the small conference teams you'll have teams that are traveling for like four games in a row like road 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 12 days off play somebody else it's just like (laughs) it's it's really like kind of like a helter skelter situation and you know so little about the teams anyway like i always try to use that for more information gathering um and you know you make your best guess whether you do like a power rating or a model or whatever but there's a lot of like a lot of learning and it's more about getting the teams kind of set and then conference play is almost the second season and to me that's You know, the criteria there are almost completely different. You'll oftentimes see teams like flip a switch basically uh, at the turn of and become something completely different than they were before. Now that they're playing teams that are essentially their equal uh, or close to their equal in terms of talent. So, you know, home court advantage becomes much more significant because you have like crazy crowds and rivalries uh and a lot of sort of like you know historic intricacies between matchups so the the criteria you're looking at in conference play is different the teams play each other usually twice sometimes a third time in the conference tournament there's generally like history between coaches and schemes and what works and what doesn't and as long as you can quantify those things and not just you know sort of like treat them as trends uh as long as you can figure out what stuff is worth uh there are like just a ton of insanely good spots in conference play to hit and then basically what you want to do is forget everything about that when the selection show comes out and it sounds absurd like you know if like I'm sure we all have friends who it's like hey like I think I literally have gotten a phone call while I was talking from a friend that's I I went sent a voicemail because he's just gonna be like all right what do I do I haven't watched anything like who do I fill out my bracket and in some ways (laughs) he's better off than a lot of us are like if you're if you trust anything that you saw last week like you're gonna you're gonna what are you going to do? You're going to over uh, you're going to, you know, think Iowa state and Seton hall and all these teams are, you know, so much better than they probably actually are just because they have like Cincinnati a crazy in the final. <laughs> yeah. Great. Crazy run, crazy run in a conference tournament, you know, like, Oh, say Mary's, they beat Gonzaga, like must be great. You know, like it just, there's your, your recency just totally gets the best of you when you haven't sort of seen this happen over and over and over again. So sure. I would say like the, the first step is, aside from, you know, sort of injury situations, of which there are a few, uh, I would basically forget everything you saw in the conference tournament. I would just pretend it didn't happen. is um, like... All of the factors that contribute to the playing of the game are basically completely different than the entire rest of the season. Like the travel is different. Like there's weird time off between games. You're playing in incredibly large arenas that for a lot of these schools, you probably haven't played in an arena this big all season, which means the shooting backdrops are different, which means sure. like the style that you play offensively can often be like troublesome depending on where you're playing. You're playing at really odd times of the day. Like, you know, maybe you're playing in the East and you're, you know, playing at nine o'clock Pacific and you haven't played a game at nine the whole year, uh, stuff like that. There's just, you know, and you're also playing against teams where, okay, maybe you watched, I saw an interview, I think it was Mike Hopkins, Washington's coach was like, this was yesterday. I think it was like, yeah, I haven't really watched Utah State yet. And I was like, "Uh, you're playing them. Like, will <laughs> so. um, be like, oh, yeah, we got to know we'll be good. So, um, but like the variables are not various, but just all these factors that are just, they make these games different than other games. And I think that the last thing I would say, about just the NCAA games in general is you basically have what I would refer to just, just talking about the first round because Saturday, Sunday is totally different. Sweet 16 is totally different. Like talent on Saturday, Sunday becomes a lot more important because there's basically no turnaround or time to implement crazy wacky stuff. Um, But like Thursday, Friday of the tournament, basically the games, I would divide them into just two categories. You have, like sort of your like small spread major conference versus major conference games. So like your eight, nine, seven, 10, six, 11s, two teams you've probably seen play before. Um, like a lot is known. Like they're, they're sort of like a, I don't know like a comfort level there i guess you could say and then you have the second set of games which are the potentially wacky games which are like one like 1v16 all the way down to like 5v12 usually those spreads like hover somewhere between six and a billion and (laughs) basically in almost every single one of those games you have like a a very successful major conference team who is probably really athletic recruited really well like basically like a completely different type of team than the team that they're playing against, which is probably a team made up of like lightly recruited guys who, and a team that excelled in a small conference and almost all the teams that excel in a small conference and get to this point have like one really elite skill that allows them in most cases to either create extra possessions or Sort of make things very volatile, volatile, excuse me, with the three point shot. So, you know, like in basically every game where there's a potential upset, one of the reasons why upsets are so unpredictable is that you have a team that's basically really good at almost everything, playing a team that's like the best at X, like they're insane at just offensive rebounding, or they're insane at just causing turnovers, both of which Mm -hmm. are obviously ways to create extra possessions. Almost all those teams that make it to this point from small conferences also have crazy, usually slow pace ratings, which means they're going to drag down the number of possessions in a game against a better team anyway. So like, if you just think about the makeup of a game between a one and a 16, a five and a 12, whatever, anything in that range, it's probably less possessions than the good team is used to super volatile because the you know the quote-unquote bad team is either amazing at making three-point shots or really really good at creating extra extra possessions through one of two ways so like if you if it's sort of like we get all these upsets that's also why they can be insanely difficult to predict because like you know northeastern's playing kansas northeastern's like an elite three-point shooting team sometimes they're going to make a lot of threes and sometimes they're not and like by staring at a Statistical page or watching their last game, you're never going to figure out which one it is. Like, sure, but when they sure, show up to sure, the sure. arena, sometimes they're going to make 15 threes and sometimes they're not. And if they make 15 threes, they're going to beat Kansas. So, like, that's what makes it amazing and fun to watch and unpredictable. That's also what makes it like is super volatile to bet on and oftentimes very frustrating.
1: Yeah, I think that's very, very well framed. The
0: two best things I've ever, the two best bad strips in March Madness and God help me for saying this out loud, is the uh, the betting on all the 12 through 15 seeds blindly, money lines, all of them, and then if not enough of them hitting, doubling up on the next set. And then one time we flipped a coin all day because nothing had worked all weekend. We flipped a coin for every first and second half line, side and total for every single game on Sunday. We hit like 70%. <laughs> that's that's what it came to that week i hope you saved some that kind of coin, coin man yeah, yeah, yeah you weird. saved that coin yeah. right yeah oh no like <laughs> my buddy still has that coin i think it was, oh good man we, we were what i would just add just to like
2: tickets. to tag what andy said i would just say like thing you never want it well and everybody's gonna do this anyway but one thing you definitely don't want to do uh and i've learned this the hard way uh, the really hard way is you never want to speak in absolutes with anything involving the ncaa tournament and betting like UMBC beat Virginia by 20 last year like that that result alone, combined with a few others and if you look at if you go back and look at the statistical profiles of those teams and like I get it like Virginia plays the slowest pace which means you know like everybody has said this to death like crazy small amount of possessions volatility any any result is possible like if there are two possessions then yeah there's a greater chance that an underdog can win in two possessions so like but just UMBC beat Virginia by 20. So what I don't want to hear is this team is definitely going to win. That's what I don't want to hear. So,
1: speaking of, let's talk about who's going to win. Uh, one of the things that stuck out, struck out, you know, that immediately stuck out when I looked at the uh, the outright odds because I always kind of cruise. Once we see the bracket, it's always worthwhile uh, to cruise and see if you see anything that's you know popping for you. Um, and it was pretty staggering the price on Duke. Uh, and granted they obviously they just won the ACC Zion Williamson back is you know he's clearly the very best player in college basketball and it's not close but uh, the break even probability on their current price is almost 30%. That is an awful lot of, that is an awful high number for uh, for a team that you know is composed largely of uh, you know freshmen and a team that really does not excel from behind the arc. Um in that this kind of brought to mind and I'll ask Locky this question first uh is there is, you know is betting the field against duke a plus ev move i'm looking at a price like -280 uh at 5 dimes and i'm having a tough time coming up with any more than 20% likelihood that duke wins this tournament using the metrics that uh, are publicly available um does that mean uh, that i should be looking at uh, field over duke
2: um i mean Yes and no. So I think this is like what I would call a plus E V situation that scares me to death. So <laughs> I think this happens with I think yeah. I think this happens with like Alabama to win the NCAA football title. I think that happened all the time. Um, where it was like, nah, man, like field, it's like minus 150. Like, come on, you know, like they're gonna lose to somebody or something. Uh, or like their win total was the same thing. So it's a good bet. They like uh, because, of course, it's a good bet. Like, there's no way there's no way there when probability should actually be that high. What I will say, they're like the weirdest team that's – like, I've, I have a really hard time with Duke because the way that they're successful is so unlike how most elite teams are successful. Even teams that have pros on them um, are gen- – I mean, even Duke last season. Like, Duke last season had shooting. Uh, They had balance. This team is just bizarre. It's basically turned into, you know, Zion does every single thing at an ultra ultra elite level and makes up for the mistakes of everyone else. Uh, And then on offense, it's like just this mishmash of really elite talent, like ISO And again, like Zion just kind of makes everything look okay. It's just the weirdest thing. They can't shoot at all. Like their rotation is like kind of a mess if Bolden doesn't play. Uh, There's like so many weird question marks. Like you think about the Kentucky undefeated team, like, okay, cool. That team lost to Wisconsin in the final four in like one of the best games of the last 10 years. But like, I felt like I had a way better handle on like what that team was. Uh, This team, it's almost just like an AAU team with the best player by a mile in the tournament. So, you know, it just, I think it just makes it, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a team like this, so it's tough for me to say like what they exactly are. Like I don't know, I have trouble putting them in a box.
1: Right, right. Who beats them? How they beat them? It's not clear. Right. I I completely get you uh, in this, and I have to say, like you know, I haven't seen a you know this is a weird this is a weird Duke team for uh, more reasons even than just that. Like in terms of betting uh, standpoint and the way the public their relationship with this Duke team generally, there's you know a pretty Hefty swath of the human population who are like, you know, bloodline Duke haters, right? Like they just want nothing to do with Duke. They want them to lose. They're cheering for them to lose every single, you know, every single year. But now you integrate a guy like Williamson onto this team and he's impossible not to cheer for. Like, the guy has an infectious smile and a personality that is just out of this world. And I actually feel like, in general, like, this is probably the most popular Duke team just from the standpoint of, like, public being interested in them that they've had since... I don't know, maybe like Jay Williams, Carlos Boozer type of day. Like I, uh, like Christian Rader
2: was like really popular, wasn't he? Wasn't <laughs> the most popular guy?
1: So. No, but it's tough. It's tough to like kind of find a historical Duke comparison here where they had like a, p- a pretty popular team. So, you know, it's, it's it's weird. And, you know, you look at the ESPN percentages of, you know, who's picked, you know, Duke to win in their bracket. And you have to go back to that undefeated Kentucky team to find a, a greater public favorite uh 40 of people have picked duke to win in their bracket on the espn tournament challenge uh that's wild that's incredibly high the next highest is 15 percent with north carolina um, and i bet you the duke north carolina as like the exact matchup in the finals uh that's got to be the highest exact matchup finals that we've ever seen probably maybe duke kentucky the year uh, Kentucky was undefeated. Was maybe the think, next uh, North
2: Carolina Gonzaga, which they actually played, which is really wild because they were the first and second overall seeds. I think North Carolina Gonzaga was like ten to one, and I remember being like, "Oh, ten to one, no way!" And then, no uh, way. and then, yeah. yeah, and then, yes, yes, sure way, as it turned out. So sure yeah. enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other so, thing with Duke, yeah. I just want to say one more thing about Duke. Like sure. the the other thing that I find perplexing here is. I think there are so few good teams and I think the middle is so bad compared to like past middles, like, that was one of the, one of the reasons I honestly think nobody was upset about who got in is that all the teams suck. So it's yes, like, oh, cool, like Temp- oh, like Temple got in and TCU didn't get it. Like TCU is awful. Like have you watched TCU? <laughs> yeah, right, uh, and it's right. like, oh, like oh, Texas didn't get in. Like oh, rats. You know, like, it's just <laughs> it's really funny. And it's like, okay, so you know, the last twenty teams in the field, like Minnesota is safely in. They're terrible. So you know, like I, it's Arizona just State Iowa. They stink. Thing. Like it's just. Arizona. Yeah.
0: the yeah. Minnesota Michigan game. <laughs> like yes, they they got past Purdue, but yeah, they're really good at beating that, Purdue. I mean, that's, that's what they're the really Minnesota. Good at, so. yeah. yeah, they they can, they beat Purdue twice. But yeah, no, like it's it's funny too. Like that, uh, it made me think saying that since oh, like the big Zion hype, like week one right away, like Duke can't shoot this is going no. to be a problem game in the tournament where you need to shoot they can't shoot they're going to lose but my attention. thing is how is
2: it a problem if everyone yeah. they're playing is
0: awful like it's just you know yeah no if they point. if they run into something dude, like i i absolutely i'm i'm fully on the v tech beat some bandwagon and just ruins all the brackets right away
2: oh man yeah maybe more yeah. of
0: long lines because i want to sit. At the same time i'm sitting here trying to convince myself that uh, ACC wins a, the tournament minus 109 was a bad bet. Like I'm super tempted still to bet that.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting 50, look. because
0: okay. just based based on like the probabilities, I looked at Ed Fang stuff and then probabilities. Like it, it's not that far off it, based on the you know the probabilities. Just I mean even just the top three.
2: Yeah. You're also I, assuming the teams so that win the other regions are strong, so yeah. like they could, yeah, they no, could, no, they no, could play yeah, Gonzaga's region is the one that might blow up the most. Weird.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, you yeah. could have
0: a Final Four. Of yes, all- super yeah. tempted with that one. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, it's not it's not unrealistic that you could have a Final Four that's all ACC. And <clears throat> I completely agree with Lockheed's sentiment about the middle being terrible. And the middle this year is big. It's really fucking big. Like you, there, like the three seeds are not great in this tournament like the fours and, you know, are terrible The fours are terrible the threes aren't good like you usually like you get you deal your bracket you do rounds one and two you look at your sweet 16 and you have to kind of scratch your chin a little bit and be like i don't know this four could beat this one i don't know this three could beat this two i don't really feel that way this year at all like it's really i mean maybe houston is a little is a little frisky but i, I mean it's really draw, tough though yeah, you know, yeah, it's really there. They they got a bad draw for sure. Hey, but yeah, that I mean, whole and,
0: bottom part of that section, woof. It's,
1: yeah, woof. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a great point. Like, are they even going to get to the sweet sixteen? But yeah, it's it's it is crazy. You look at um, the betting market, and would you believe that the that there is only a uh, you know that the top eight teams here are eating up ninety eight percent of uh, of a hundred percent in terms of the the, the margin here. So the, if you so you can basically say, hey, it's going to be one of these eight teams, and uh, you have a two percentage basically. Um, and that I mean, but this is as small as I can ever remember. Like that group being is only eight teams are making up ninety eight percent win probability right now based on the penny prices. And you know, it's not crazy to me if we ended up with a, a elite eight that's seven ones and twos. Would you be surprised, Locky?
2: I mean, not at all. Like I, one thing I, I try to at least keep in the back of my head is, you know, like, I think a lot of people saw me do this last year and it was a little, I wouldn't call it embarrassing. It was interesting, uh, is keep track of past champions and their statistical profiles. And basically like people on Reddit have done this like for years. And I just always thought it was really interesting. Like you basically just try to put all the champions in what I would call a box, which is really like a quadrant if you were actually doing them all. And you know, like you basically say like, okay, looking at every 2000, like here's the minimum offensive efficiency and the minimum defensive efficiency you need to win the title. And there's like, I think I saw a couple stats going around that are not true that like every champion has always been in the top 20 in both. And that's like actually not true at all. I saw that circulating like that's at the end of the tournament when the champion has already played six more games. Like you want to look at pre-tournament data to actually figure out like anything that's even close to predictive. But anyway, um, there's last year. I think there were like if eight teams in the box three weeks there were like eight teams in the box and Villanova O2 defensive efficiency out of the box and but they also had the most elite offense in the history of college basketball so it was like so basically I was like I just got to tell you like Villanova's like technically not in the box and now this year everybody's like oh like Villanova like what happened you it know and it's like shattered, well, the, the like shattered. I, didn't, I didn't make the damn box like the box makes itself so <laughs> um you know but I will say yeah. this year. In terms of the spread of teams. So last year it was really wild because I think Michigan was the only team in their region that was in the box last year. And so I was like, ooh, like, ooh. It's got a something. Now, granted, they had the most miracle shot ever to advance, but like, that's, I mean, that's every team. That's the volatility of the tournament. But like this year, is that fit the profile, but like, I don't trust 60% of them. So sure. I think there are 12 that fit. First of all, this is uh, – I think this is the first time I've ever seen this. Every one and two fits, which kind of, yeah. in a weird way, tells you that they got the seating, right? Um, yeah. every And it also shows you how top-heavy and the difference between all the teams. But, like, all the ones and twos fit. Virginia Tech fits, which is wild because Robinson didn't play so many games. Like, Marquette still fits, which is absurd, even though they're just the worst team down the stretch. <laughs> Stuff like that. And then there's, like uh, – but that's because they play in a terrible conference that builds their profile. Um, yep. You know, there's yep. like all those kind of things. But like the funny thing is, the profile this year gets you nowhere because it's like, oh, cool, all the ones and twos fit. Let me go look at the futures market. Like what? Are, like what are we even? Doing at this point? <laughs> um, like I'll just, bet on, like, just bet on all eight of them. Can't just bet all eight of them. And your winner, Houston. You know, it's just, um, so it's just kind of funny where. You know, sometimes that at least it doesn't necessarily give you insight, but it's very interesting. And this year it's like the most uninteresting exercise on planet Earth because they're all spread out evenly. So
1: yeah. So but but Lockheed, on that same vein and right in this right in this uh, this discussion, one of those eight teams does not make the Elite Eight. Which one do you think it is?
2: Uh like just off the top of my head, I'd say Tennessee for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. like i just don't trust them whatsoever now their path is a joke that whole region's a big
1: joke but like that whole region sucks yeah
2: they're i would say they're the team i trust the least now in terms of like difficult path whatever i'd say like kentucky's gonna have a really hard time getting out Mm -hmm. um and i would say michigan's gonna have a really hard time getting out
1: same yes
2: like that the and you know not to get too bracket in the weeds here but the bottom left of buffalo texas tech nevada michigan and that assumes nevada is even going to be florida like that yeah, is florida right that yeah. is wild yeah. like yeah. three of those teams fit the profile of a champion and yeah. they're all in this same. like they could all just play each other and that doesn't include texas tech because their offense isn't good enough but like those that's those are wild second round games meanwhile duke plays like fucking mississippi state or some shit so. um so. Uh,
1: no they set up duke for uh, duke uh, versus johnny Dawkins, man Uh, that will be, uh, and actually we're going to get to game by game breakdown and I have, uh, I have some tough questions for you guys in terms of an angle on that one. Um, but, um, let me just say from, you know, from representing the Duke alumni, uh, and kind of the general sentiment, uh, the fact that Michigan state was the number two seed in Duke's bracket made people pretty angry. Uh, and I think I, I get it. I mean, that it, it does feel like Michigan state was the clear best number two seed um, and this is not necessarily based on their performance in the Big Ten uh, tournament, but just kind of Izzo's, you know, legacy of you know performance in March, and you know, just some of the, you know, some of the players and some of the style. It did feel like they were going to put Michigan State in whatever one seed they wanted to truly test, uh, and it ended up, you know, win against Duke. Uh, Andy, uh, is that a fair read? Do you think Michigan State has the goods? uh to knock Duke off. Are, you know, do, do you think they're on a collision course for an Elite Eight matchup? Uh Duke versus Michigan State. And uh if we do see that matchup, is, is Michigan State kind of the contrarian pick that unlocks the whole bracket if you're in a bracket pool?
0: Maybe I'm I'm going way harder contrarian, especially in big pools. I'm I'm still on the V Tech wins. Because, Ooh. like Lockheed said, their, their numbers, they fit the box. When he said, you said box so many times, I was enjoying it. <laughs> they are in the box. I so the, the, the box. Close, Virginia Tech is in the box, missing a lot of time. And uh, What's in the box? going to be Duke. No worries. That's a, that's an easy win, I think. Virginia Tech against the spread. Probably a little bit on the money line. But, yeah, I, I could see that being a contrarian play. I mean – I mean, pick any of that bracket out of that uh, that region and go against Duke. That's a contrarian play, apparently, because, I mean, let's say, what was it, 40% have them winning the title? Yeah. I mean, yeah. How many more have them in the finals, at least? Probably another 25%? 60.
1: 6 and then, zero. I mean,
0: how many people? Yeah. 60. And then how yes. many people have them in the final four, at least? You know? Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's gotta a lot. It's a ton. Yes, it a is. ton of exposure on Duke. So, yeah, if you're looking to just go full contrarian and you know win the bracket by default when something happens to Duke, I mean, just that's your easy contrarian play right there, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, ten is the Big Ten.
1: Speaking Big ten out of the Big Ten, you, any you of got those t-
0: top Big Ten teams right now?
1: Yeah, you got to feel. Uh, you got to feel if Buffalo can get by. Uh, get by Michigan.
0: To get past my Johnny's first
1: you think they can get
0: past your Johnny's? <laughs> i think and it's funny like you said it's tough this is always the toughest part for me like how good are high-end top tier mid-major teams like how good really is houston nevada i think a wofford i guess i could throw in there too Hard for me to judge that sometimes because of the strength of schedule. Now Houston, you know, I don't want to compare the Mac and the American Buffalo. It is tough to judge. Like, are they really that good when they had that much trouble with Bowling Green at times in the last game? And you know, we say throw everything on, but there's are still they're still games they played. And I did watch Buffalo a few times this year. They're they're a damn good team, but they're they're one of those that I'm fully behind uh, fading them right now as far as. You know, maybe, maybe even to the point of like a bad blowout against Texas Tech because I think they're going to be. I, I don't know if I think they're going to be kind of a trendy pick to pick and beating Texas Tech in Montana. I have Michigan winning that game, but in my local town bar draw where you pay fifty dollars to get two, I was lucky enough to get three teams this year: Tana and the winner of the game that's happening right now.
1: <laughs> I don't like your chances. I have, to <laughs>
0: for, I have to cheer for Montana. I did not do good in the random draw.
1: That does but, not sound good.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably fading Buffalo at this point, and uh, Houston. I've been involved in so many of their games, which, uh, I'm um, looking at the bracket. I mean, ever, ever. Look at a game with a Power Six team in it. I've like two te- two games I can look at in the bracket, and Houston Georgia State's one of them. So I might have to make a play on that just based on having to do some. The other one it is like VCU UCF. I think is the only other one where I I don't have a big uh, Big Six team in it. Yeah. Okay. I remember what the question was, but yes, um, I I. I don't know what to do with the Big Ten. I've said this before. I have not filled out a bracket to completion yet, <laughs> even though I've entered in like 10 of them. <laughs> and I really, really am having trouble getting the boat. I've fully convinced them out of the region, and then I've also convinced myself like Purdue loses to, you know, whoever, Cincinnati yeah. or Tennessee. Yeah. Maybe. I've struggled, I've struggled heartily. And I'd love to hear Lockheed's take on like just the big Ten as a conference. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be one of those where we are, we're looking at the second weekend and it's been a minefield for them. And there's like two left.
1: Yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts in general on the big 10 uh, Lockheed and how they perform in this tournament?
2: In their, the reputation of the conference, just from like a metric standpoint is, is really, really good. Um, and the, you know, the sort of big 10 apologists like Will Bond is always one of these guys is always out there. Like ACC gets three number one seeds, but like, that's not the best conference. Like the big 10, like top to bottom, that's the best conference. Cause like Indiana is better than Georgia tech people. or something, whatever. So sure there's some kind of convoluted reasoning, <laughs> but uh like, yeah, the bottom of the ACC stinks. Also, they have the best three teams in the country. So, you know, wear it Uh like the, you know, it's, I think it's just like anything, right? Like you can't, you can't generalize about anything. Like I, I love Michigan's profile as long as Matthews keeps playing. And like I hate Minnesota's profile. And, you know, like a lot of the teams, the bottom of the Big Ten that got in uh are I have a lot of questions in their first round matchups about whether they can be successful. Uh like Minnesota, I think is the first game Thursday. Uh, and they're incredible how bad they were at the end of the year. And yet still how easily they got in, which just speaks to the bubble, I think being so soft. But, you know, I mean, like my, I don't really have like a giant conference generalization because like, yeah, I think Michigan's really, really, really good. I think Michigan State's really good. I even think Wisconsin's really good. But like with each team individually, like there's sort of, as you get further down, there's, there's a ton of questions just, I mean, just like you would have, I think with any conference
0: that gets that many teams in
1: yeah okay well let's do like some quick rapid fire and then let's talk about these round one matchups. Uh,
0: real, um, i mean real quick when we when we talk shit about the big 10 though i mean lucky just pop quiz who, who won the big 10 acc challenge this year
2: to like november 8th to decide who the best conference was this year it's like that's really what we're doing well like, i just didn't, I mean, didn't you hear my three seasons rant at the open like come on go back a,
1: i think it was a five five and the draw
0: was it actually it was a tie it was a tie, really. I have Yeah, it was a time this year. So, okay.
1: Okay. you tell you
0: tell me who's the better.
1: Okay, well, you keep kissing your sister. Yeah, um, Rogers okay.
0: Georgia Tech.
1: Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the deciding factor right there. Uh, okay, let's do some quick rapid fire. I'll throw you guys some some thoughts, and and you guys tell me. Uh, you know, true, you you believe it or you don't believe it, or you know, you know, expand on it if you like, but try to keep it brief. Um, Virginia is the only top seed that there exists value on in the betting market, Lockie.
2: Oh, no, not a strong disagree. Um, I actually, I saw a North Carolina 10 to one hanging out in a couple places. Whoa. And that's pretty amazing because like I, I, for, so I have a lot of Virginia futures from a, a while ago, and I had a lot of Virginia futures last year from a while ago last year, and that was tragic. And so, you know, I feel like every year I just gather prices on this team and they just end up getting a number one seed. And then I never win any money off of them. So, sure, sure. you know, like I, th- I think, did they get the best draw possible? Like 1 million percent. I, I, I'll say something and then I'll immediately backtrack it is very very (laughs) tough for me to imagine any of the teams in the region beating them that being said they lost to UMBC by 20 last year so like you know it's, it's just but in terms of like the draw like Tennessee's the weakest two. like Purdue's the weakest three Villanova's like I think not very good Kansas State might not have their best player Wisconsin might lose in the first round like what what are they even playing along the way here like when it's Virginia Ole Miss Virginia Oregon and Virginia Villanova like what is that like that's and you're in the final four already by the way when you win those games so yes you know the path is a joke it's also at the same time it's also Virginia which is like the most volatile low possession type of thing you can ever get like they're going to play you know, Oregon or Wisconsin, the total is going to be like one Oh six. And it's like, you know, somebody's going to hit a three with six minutes left and that's going to decide the game. So like, it's just, that's, it's tough. Like it's the easiest path, but they're also like, just, (laughs) they're a team that just drives me absolutely crazy. North Carolina is really appealing just because like their first three games are going to be a joke. Basically. Like, I think, I don't think Kansas is very good. And I think North Carolina can really kind of run them no matter where the game is played. Now they didn't get a great draw with locations, but like, like North Carolina's path is basically going to be like in Iona, Utah state, Kansas to get to the elite eight. Uh, when they get to the elite eight, they're going to play somebody good. Cause the rest of the draw is like completely brutal, but all those teams play each other before they play Carolina anyway. Um, sure. And then if I'm kind of like really being it or whatever, that's probably not what I'm actually doing here, but the like, you know, if Virginia is the one in your final four region, is that the most likely region to kind of explode and produce a rando team that you can then dispatch in the final four? So like, uh, you know, on that side, like, Yeah, yeah, you know, like North Carolina, basically like their, their toughest game is probably the regional final until the championship. That's the only tough game, maybe, unless it's Virginia. That's like the only team that can come out of the other region that I would think Carolina would have trouble with because they always have trouble with Virginia. So like, you know, Carolina 10 to one, like, and based on some of the teams that come out of these, like that might actually end up being better than a rolling parlay, just based on what some of these numbers are going to be. So.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, Andy, uh, true or false. The Zags finally make the final. For
0: sure. The more I stare (laughs) for sure, they're going to make the final. It's not a question, but the more I stare at that bottom half of that Midwest, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like those are all, that's that's a struggle yeah. for everybody down yeah, there. Sure. Like there's just zero. Abilene games, Christensen
1: but... looks like a week out. <laughs> they look Wait, like a song, love, you know? love them in round one, actually. But... <laughs> <Everyone else laughs> yeah. On
0: so yeah, we do know who the... Gonzaga will play now with uh, Farley Dickinson getting it done in a comeback. That was a beautiful. I was a little worried because like. like pressed me on that and asked like on the play in games. I'm like, I really like Farley Dickinson. My numbers say like it, that lines off a couple points and uh then all of a sudden they're down by like fifteen immediately. But no they did a nice comeback uh Syracuse, whatever. I'm not f- mark Florida State is a squirrelly team. They give uh they give Duke fits at times. Yeah. And then uh what do you figure coming out of the bathroom? Coming out of the bathroom, coming out of the bottom Texas Tech B4L. something like that.
1: Like Beefalo definitely. Beefalo
0: maybe. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's probably going to be Michigan. Obviously, it's not the toughest. <laughs> not the toughest region. No, like, by far. But uh, yeah, the Zags. I think there's going to be some doubters. I suppose there's going to be some doubters. You know, just what happened to St. Mary's. But then you just had them lose to the St. Mary's. Um, Farley Dickinsons played the play-in game. Do yep. so they have to go somewhere to Utah now? I I don't think those games are played at the same site. I think those are all Dayton, aren't they? they yeah, have they have to travel.
1: travel. Yeah, first four is definitely Dayton. they have to travel. Yes, they have to travel.
0: They're all in Dayton, so they have to go from Gonzaga to Utah now to play Gonzaga, to play a pissed-off Zags team. They're going to lose by a trillion. That's going to be an awful <laughs> <one>. Solid motivational <laughs> angle there. Pissed-off Zags job. team. That's a, yeah. Yeah. You're saying uh, I, I You're, saying F, you're
1: saying F. Dick got dicked?
0: Yeah, they kind of did. That's a tough draw when you're a 16 seed, but they, it's cool. They got to win, whatever. That's neat. Uh, Baylor and Syracuse don't scare me. Marquette-Murray State is more of a fun uh, point guard matchup than a uh, Something I'm worried about in the draw. I think Florida State comes out of there. And honestly, I think Murray State comes out of there. Okay. So, not, hopefully Anthony Lamb scores like 500 points in and, and a losing effort. And yeah, Michigan out of the bottom. So yeah, zag has got it licked. I'm not worried. zag has got That's it licked. It's my only future okay. I'm sitting on.
1: Okay. What number did you get?
0: Kind to one. Haven't added anything yet. I'm looking at something before we uh, before okay. we actually start, the
1: nice you place. got you got a little value there good job um okay uh lock you double digit seed that makes it uh, to the sweet 16 if you had to put pick one to, to stake your life on
2: oh man if i had to pick one uh one
1: double digit seed makes the sweet 16 this year which one is it
2: mm. this, this is really tough the tens <laughs> are terrible
1: so like terrible. normally
2: normally i would just look at all the tens and be like i don't know you know Seton Hall bad, I was like, oh, nope. no, definitely slurred. not picking yeah. Seton Hall. Uh, all right, I will. And I guess, but like, I don't even like them against Wisconsin. They're just probably the best of that group. The one. All right, I'll give away. I'll give away my team that I'm like secretly really high on for no reason whatsoever. Um, give me old Dominion.
1: Ooh, so baby. So this the like wins. My
2: explanation of my I think I tweeted out like I 100% guarantee an upset, which is really funny because I definitely think Purdue could still win the game. <laughs> by a, I think Purdue Purdue could definitely win the game by a billion and I wouldn't be surprised. But like um, there are things about Purdue and Villanova that are really, 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 really dislikable. And first two opponents it could also be saint mary's i think saint mary's can beat villanova easily actually uh and that number is too big but like that pod is like a pod of not very dominant teams whatsoever now old dominion is like no elite team at anything except basically like offensive rebounding but like can they muck up a game against purdue and villanova like one million percent yes like those neither of those teams are actually that good so you know like okay like i guess give me oregon but like you know or give me like belmont maybe or something but like fun i really think this team could win two games and no one is really thinking that's going to happen uh i'll I'll go old dominion
1: okay andy same question for you who's your double digit seed that makes a sweet 16 life depend on it
0: oh yuck yeah like Yale, Belmont, the winner of the Pick the State, winner of the Yale Belmont <laughs> team game, I suppose. Yeah, oh, I think okay. like honestly, I was looking at I was looking at UC Irvine because yeah, like the Wisconsin Oregon thing's gross, and I'm not super sold on Kansas State, and who knows if in their head that uh, they're just a big loser team. Full of matters,
1: the ant eaters. Uh, the I I uh, yeah, guess probably. what. I uh, ante- I work on anteaters yeah anteaters. I work on UC Irvine's campus and the uh, the buzz about this team is just unreal. Like uh, you can't you know you can you can barely you can barely walk around campus and people aren't you know just fired the hell I'm, up about the anteaters.
0: I'm looking at that Purdue ODU game.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding, had, by the way.
0: No. I had a big fat yeah I had a big fat money line ticket on ODU which I, sounds like somebody will. Wouldn't you want to just 100. go to no. that game? Yeah, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you probably want to attend? It's in Hartford.
2: I know they're good. So the funny thing is that (laughs) pod is actually the worst of the Hartford pods. So Villanova, St. Mary's, and Purdue Old Dominion is pod, and then I think the Marquette pod is the other pod. Yeah, because Florida State, Vermont is definitely there. So that's that's by the way, just in the in the interest of like the dumbest possible trend connection thing. Uh, So Vermont is playing a four thirteen basically almost on the anniversary of TJ Sorrentine against Syracuse, um, which was in Worcester, Massachusetts, by the way. So like, Against a four, which was Syracuse, which they won. So I'm sure they'll like run that Sorrentine video 1 million percent during the telecast. But uh,
1: Uh, I think I feel like I've already seen it 10 times. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, you can watch it 10 times. So that's a a pretty good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about round one. I think you guys have given us some absolutely solid insight. And, um, you know, I think, you know, in general, I agree with pretty much all your takes. So appreciate all of that. Uh, Let's get into um, Thursday, two days away. Uh, From kicking this thing off Uh, and let's go down kind of in chronological order, because that's kind of how I think about betting game by game. Uh, I think of these and you said pods, like I think of them as like these games kind of come in four game chunks, you know, four at a time as each region is is you know cycling through their schedule um you know any any tips or thoughts on kind of how to go about game by game betting and and sort of how to th- you know strategy that you want to throw out there for people who are are maybe doing this for the first time because gambling is legal now allegedly lucky uh
2: sure so like i <laughs> i think i revealed like the really like the dumbest tip in the entire book which is um you know i this is the first year in like a decade that I haven't gone to Vegas for the tournaments. Tragic, uh, as my as my like newborn son sleeps upstairs too and and he's awesome, but I still kind of wish I was in Vegas. But um my my friend who I always go with basically like what he does and he did this the first year we were there when we both knew absolutely nothing about anything uh, is he just takes like one of the giant, you know, long sheets from the sports book. uh, And everybody already, already knows like the rotation numbers are totally not in chronological order. They're like listed by region, but they're not in, order of start time and anything and he just like basically like in giant black sort of pen just like puts a number next to each one with the order of start time so that as he's like looking at his sheet throughout the day like he can and any accesses them out as they start so it's you have a really good idea of like all right what's coming up next what's coming up next what's coming up next because if you're just if you're standing in line and you're trying to stare at the board or you're looking at the sheet but you're like trying to figure out like what pot is and what and especially if you're an east coaster like me and everything's in you know Nevada time and it's just like absolutely brutal to try to do the math on it's like it could actually be kind of annoying especially for novice better so you know if you're just if you're in Vegas and you're you're trying to just bet every game or bet you know figure out like when you have to get in line for stuff just like the numbers next to the games it sounds like the simplest thing in the world it was like just 1 to 16 start time and it just you're good to go it was actually like incredibly helpful
1: Excellent strategy. I love this. Uh, I've seen people
0: running like, "Oh shit, the organ!" Eight minutes. I gotta go. You see see the line, you're like, "It ain't happening." Honestly, half the half the time, that's also get. If you do go to Las Vegas, get get the app. It's the busiest like any other weekend. That's the pro. It's not so bad. The pro is get the app. Yeah. Get the app, like it sucks. Like, oh, I can already bet on my phone in the offshores, and I like the paper tickets. The lines are stupid. Some of these places, like talking you to a to weekend Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. You don't, you don't want to spend your time in line. Get the app, always do it. Okay, you can find some paper tickets when you go bet somewhere else. But what? What's your question, Will? What are we doing? So, yeah, from so we the start, top.
1: Yeah, so we start. We start with these first four games. Uh, And the one that immediately piqued my interest uh, is uh, not the one that's getting all the buzz. Everybody out there buzzing about Yale. I have no interest in the Yale-LSU game. I'm curious about this New Mexico State-Auburn game. And part of the reason I'm curious about this is New Mexico State will be playing at the ass crack of dawn for them. Uh, This is a 1.30 East Coast start time that will feel quite early for the New Mexico State, whatever their mascot is. And they are playing Auburn in a 12-5 matchup that generally sees the 12 seed just getting up just boatloads of public support everybody you know when they fill out their bracket when they think back into years past there's a prior of oh the 12 seeds always upset the fives therefore this 12 seed will upset this five uh i feel like that is completely underselling how good this auburn team is uh and i kind of feel like this number getting bet down from minus seven and a half to minus five and a half might be the the gift of all of thursday uh, am I crazy or does Auburn have some flaw that I don't know about Lockie?
2: Um, I mean, Auburn has flaws like they're, they're Auburn. They for sure have flaws. Bruce Pearl's their coach. They, they definitely have flaws. Uh, but like this is, are <laughs> like last year, the best example of this was Kentucky Davidson, which I think was last year, uh, where like somehow between Sunday and <laughs> Thursday, Bruce Pearl. So yeah,
1: <laughs> Sorry. Somehow between,
2: somehow between Sunday, fucking <laughs> uh, sunday sunday yes. somehow between sunday and thursday everyone decided that davidson was going to win <laughs> like, sure. yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. like monday tuesday wednesday it like built into this crescendo of like nah man they they got it like
1: i landed, uh, favored. And, favored. I landed and it had gone yeah. to
2: like five and a half like, it yeah. was just, like, the dumbest thing in the world. And I was like, what is going on? Like, did, didn't we watch Davidson? Like, didn't we actually know what's going on here? So, like, the two games that fit that profile this time, this is one. And then Liberty, Mississippi State is definitely the other one. But, like, um, these are just, like, they seem so obvious. Uh, New Mexico State, what I would say about them is – and there's a couple other teams that fit this, are just impossible teams for me to figure out against major conference competition. And part of the reason for that is, like, they play in just absolutely atrocious conferences, so there's, it's tough to evaluate them, like, in any metric statistic in those situations. And then in non-conference, which, oh, by the way, was, like, four months ago anyway, so, like, forget that the results might even really be valid of who they played against. Like, I believe they played St. Mary's, Lost by fifteen, and they played. Everyone's like, I've even heard a couple people be like, "Oh, they played Kansas really close." Like, yeah, like <laughs> Yudoka Azabuki got hurt the game before that, and they literally spent the whole New Mexico State game trying to figure out like what the fuck they. What
1: were are we doing. gonna do now? So like, yeah.
2: and they still won. I mean, cool, they won by whatever two, four, whatever it was, a couple possessions. But everybody's like, "Oh, that that Kansas game," and it's like, yeah, but like, what was that Kansas game? That was like December tenth when the team just lost their second best player. So it's like, I don't like what a how am i supposed to figure out what this team is like okay i have i have all the the numbers and the metrics i can run efficiency stuff like i can figure out some things but like new mexico state's definitely one of those teams where like like i'm passing this game at this number uh although i do i admit auburn's like a little appealing but like like what what are they like i've watched them and i don't i i have a really hard time with this game
1: yeah yeah Okay, I'm probably gonna be back in Auburn. I, I don't care. This line's too long. This well, line, absolutely. this line is too. short. This...
0: ask me who the highest ranked team in my model is. Who's year. the highest
1: ranked team in your model, Andy? Auburn. Auburn. No, it's not for, it's
0: for no Auburn. reason. It, it, it just no some just some goofy metrics I threw could, together to try to to try yeah. to play some futures and comp- could they, I ran it for the big they, conference yeah. teams and Auburn is like a skosh better than Vermont somehow. These numbers. So
1: are uh, again, at
0: the big conferences,
1: could could they beat the Knicks? Though we all wonder. Auburn, could they beat the Knicks? Um, the uh, the next pot of four that uh, I'll just slide down for. It. And by the way, if they if also, you have any, it's
0: the Lobos, New Mexico yeah. State Lobos. It was right there in the article. <laughs>
1: um if we slide down to the next four here uh and by all means if we if i go if i blow by one that you have a super hot topic on like and you want to jump back no problem by me um locky brought up northeastern being relatively frisky against kansas which i kind of was had that circled because i think this kansas team is like just grossly fraudulent uh andy do you feel like northeastern has any kind of hope here uh, against Kansas, or is this money wasted trying to get uh, trying to back a you know a team against a blue chip like the Jayhawks?
0: And I mean, once again, I said I those teams, so I hope they have a chance. But yeah, North—it kind of pissed me off because I sat and looked at him a bunch for the conference tournament, and I ended up passing him over, and they end up winning the damn conference tournament, even though I, I ranked him fairly highly. I just I had Hofstra a little better, which tough cookies for Hofstra. No, Northeastern graded out well. Team, uh, I honestly I don't know if I can tell you much about them. I just uh, I work heavily in spreadsheets a lot of these. I know for a fact I've not really watched Northeastern play, but I mean just I ran the numbers across, and I you know with the with the caveat that I don't I don't uh, do a lot with the the bigger schools. It still said like this number should be quite a bit closer in Northeastern probably play. And I mean, Kansas isn't Kansas isn't Kansas right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The value might've gotten sucked out of that. It's already down to six and a half from the eight and a half opener. Um, any of these games uh, in this oh, next play? I'm straight up maybe. in this next four pack that uh, pique your interest, Lockie.
2: Uh, sure. So I'll, I'll kind of, I'll just like rapid fire this a little bit. So I think Vermont, Florida state, uh, and I'm going to quote some numbers here. They might've changed in the last couple hours, but just I'm looking at my spreadsheet. So I'm uh, and and a half a little bit just because of Florida state's profile. And in, in basically every single one of these situations, um, I think just like <laughs> if I get, if I get basically like double digits with Leonard Hamilton in the first round, then I think I'm like pretty much just like in on that Vermont's one of those teams. That's like, this will be a really small bet for me, but like, I would just, this is one of those bets where, every instinct you have about what both teams are just leads you in a certain direction. And that's cool. That's maybe not supported by like an exact win probability or whatever, but like, it's just a ticket I need to have. So like tiny bet sure. Vermont around double digits because of just the profile of each teams and what I think the game is going to be like, um, Florida state's been in a spot recently a couple of times with like how they do strategy in NCAA tournament games where they just like basically let every team backdoor them. So, um, i actually i really yeah, like michigan us, state in this game
1: some of us um, wonder if that's actually part of the plan uh to be honest right, you. The, yeah. old, the, old, the old leonard hamilton shave is it's kind of a well-documented uh there rumor
2: were there were some, some feisty Park interviews there. last year about certain yeah. topics involving him and yeah. clock management and strategy so yeah. uh, one yeah. one thing i wanted to bring up for this pod uh so obviously like we don't know who maryland's playing yet and and i'll do northeastern for like 20 seconds later but like I really like Michigan state one sort of like predictive trend that I think if you're, if you haven't watched any college basketball this year, basically uh, the profile of the team you absolutely want to avoid is what I, I actually, I sort of tried to come up with something a little catchy for this just because it's makes it easier to explain. I call it the 200, 100 club. So basically uh, if you're in the field and you play a a 200 adjusted tempo or slower and you play a 100 raw defensive efficiency or worse. So basically you like to play really slow games and within the context of those slow games, you can't stop anyone. Um, (laughs) Basically like those are teams that I would recommend avoiding and there are straight up in ATS trends that like 100% back that up. So basically like if you're in the 200-100 club, you've gone six and 19 straight up and 10-15 and one against the spread the last four years. So like, and six and 19 straight up, it's like, oh, well like, that's cuz every team is like bradley who is a 200 100 team by the way and actually in a lot of cases it's not those teams because if you think about the the schedule that they have to play in order to like basically they have to run the table in their conference or win their conference tournament or whatever like those teams are going to have actually like good looking statistical profiles like new mexico state or something you know a team that wins a billion games like they're not going to have a profile that fits this the teams that fit this in general are either like teams that totally lucked into their mid-major conference tournament like Bradley or like the sort of like soft middle 8, 9, 10, 11 seed where it's like TCU last year was like 260th in adjusted defense or in defense. It was like just something abysmal where like those are the teams like you actually desperately want to avoid no matter what yeah. your eyes have kind of shown you uh, going backwards. So Bradley's a 200-100 team. They literally... Uh, they played one top 100 Ken Palm team the entire year and actually beat them. They beat Penn state. I believe Penn state was like two for 31 from three in that game. Like it was like <laughs> the most incredible statistical game. Like just, I, I I'm sure I quoted that number wrong, but like it was amazing. Missed every single shot and Bradley hit, you know, some shots at all. And one like, 58 56 or something uh i think there's like i think bradley has zero advantages in any level in this game uh and i think michigan state will play enough possessions to stretch it out enough like 18 and a half is like a really big number um and i know like in general people always say like you should just bet 15s blind and 16s blind basically uh because of public money but like this is a specific one i don't think i like any other 15s uh or 15-2 matchups but this is one where like this is this sets up like really as a demolition in terms of like a statistical profile. And then Northeastern really, really, really quick because I'm going for like five minutes here. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Northeastern is the perfect example of what I was talking about earlier with like the volatility of the games. I think I even use them as an example. So. Sicko Elite Skill, which is they're like an incredible shooting team. They're bad at every other thing. Like so I mentioned the 200-100 club. They're 200-200. <laughs>
0: oh my god. At
2: everything. Oh. Like my god. except they have one really, really elite skill. They play slow. So like every possession they play they will get zero rebounds in this game basically they're going to like davidson this game which is basically just the term I use for a team that's going to play really slow every single possession is going to take 30 seconds and end with a three-pointer and sometimes those three-pointers are going to go in and sometimes they're not and that will determine whether northeastern has a chance or not but trying to figure out whether the three-pointers are going to go in seems like kind of a tall order so like for that reason i'm kind of just avoiding this game altogether
1: Got you, got you, got you. Okay, good stuff. Um, Their offensive, I, I like the offensive
0: number is very green. I'm going to agree with Lockie.
1: Yeah, I like this. Okay. Uh, and I got Bradley circled as maybe potentially the uh, the biggest defeat of the tournament. I I might, may, may or may not be in a pool. Oh, there's one
2: I'm other one that it. might meet it later when we get to it, but that's pretty close. So
1: Okay, okay. Uh, F Dick, Bradley, and one other one. Okay. Um. So uh, of the next quad pack, some bad ones here. Uh but I am kind of curious. Uh Andy, does St. Marysville no uh tickle your fancy at all in terms of a matchup? Um pretty even betting on this one. Wine's still sitting at uh, Nova by minus four and a half. Uh do you think uh Mary's Saint Marys is a live dog? The Gales, are they a live dog here?
0: Yeah, I mean are they do we really think they're good? Like I think I think they're do you think they're catching money just because of the win? Like the recency I, bias? I think I, feel like, I think I've been yeah, bet very many St. Mary's games. If I bet yeah. St. Mary's, I was fading them with Pepper. The only reason I ever watched any St. Mary's or got involved at all, I think, yeah, there's some probably some recency bias. And I mean, they got to head out to Hartford, Nova, Nova East, uh, I don't, I don't think I can get behind St. Mary's. Uh, I mean, a real quick overview of a couple teams that didn't really fall all that close. Like uh unless I'm missing something, like we we might need the deep dive on this one for Lockie, But um, yeah, fuck it, give me Nova. In fact, I'm betting it. You're betting Based it. Based on okay. that, yikes. Yeah.
1: Mm. Uh, you're not a believer in Nova, though, right, Lockie? I'm
2: not. I wanna I wanna say like five seconds about a game we passed over because it's like okay, everyone's sure. favorite game of the day. So Murray State Marquette, I think, is still Marquette <laughs> four, and I I'm not betting the game at all. I actually think the number is like really good. I think it everyone's gonna. I think I, I think like every single person I know is betting Murray state and like Godspeed on that one. Uh, Cause Marquette, I know Marquette's closed the season abysmally, but like, if you just look at Murray state's like non-conference strength of schedule, who they played, what the results were, like I would at least be like a little, like I'd pump the brakes a little bit on like jamming Murray state. So I just, I have that number is like pretty good. I'm not playing the game, but I know that's like everyone's favorite game on Thursday. I just thought it was worth at least mentioning a little bit uh, in the night pod Thursday, uh, Florida, Nevada, I want absolutely no part of whatsoever forever, but I really want to watch it, um, and I have that number is like, pretty good. Uh, I like Abilene Christian at a just absolutely ridiculous number against Kentucky. Um, Abilene Christian actually doesn't have, like, that bad of a profile, as bad as I thought it was. Um, their three-point shooting and their ability to force turnovers I think can, like, kind of create enough... And volatility to really get in this number like a lot, especially if they're you know if they're down twenty six with four minutes left, twenty eight with four minutes left. Like I think they have some ways to get inside this number like a lot of the time. I like uh, this. And Cal Cal is like historically a coach that does not really. I think those trends have been circulating a lot, but they're true. Um, which is basically like I think when he's it's like when he's like a one or a two or something when he's a really high seed at a really big number he basically never covers. Um, sure. So it's it's you know, it's not just that trend. It's not just Abilene Christian, it's sort of just the confluence of those two things. And really just like what what Abilene Christian is, which is just like, you know, they're not a very good team, but like they can make threes and they can force turnovers. And I think they can do that enough sort of with like the total and the slow pace that this game might take on. Uh like a 22 and a half spread with a 132 total is pretty I mean, that's basically just like every Virginia game. So that's like it's just a really wild kind of like uh you know, correlated things. So I think Abilene Christian for me, 100, 100 team, if you can believe it, like their profile stinks mostly because they were so bad the first part of the year. Um, So, but those are teams that I kind of have highlighted as like, yikes, like definitely don't play this same areas profiles. Awful too. Um, (laughs) I really hate this game. I'm not betting this game. Like the number is too big. Like it just is. So, you know, like, I should bet same Mary's. I'm sure that I should. Like, except yeah. that I think they they except I think they stink and their entire profile is created by the West Coast Conference, which is like go beat Pepperdine Bad. by 50, go beat San Francisco by 75. Like, hey, awesome. let's
1: not disparage Pepperdine. Um, they ooh, made up
2: some good ooh, money. You I mean, Pepperdine, you? Yeah. I, I would like to go to Pepperdine right now, but like I don't yeah, yeah. think that they don't necessarily create really good statistical profiles. And then you know Gonzaga, Gonzaga by a billion over whoever they end up playing. So
1: I like it. Okay. Um anything in the nightcap that uh especially uh that especially catches your eye as you look at the uh the last four games on the card, Andy. Wafford. Obviously Wofford, I, gotta, I gotta put gotta follow- Yeah,
0: Wofford. I Wofford, they're good. I... What's the line on that one right now? I haven't looked too deep at some of these. Two and a half was the last so time Wofford I checked. Wofford is, yeah,
1: here. minus uh, two and a half.
0: Yeah. Up and lower um I, I thought I saw Wofford taking some money when I looked at that originally, like uh, an old Dominion money line ticket, and uh, maybe two of them just because Lockie's so hot on it. Um, Baylor, Syracuse, I probably won't watch. I got to back my Grizzlies, like I'll be, I'll have a ticket on them for sure, and I'll be watching that now. But yeah, I, I'm pumped to watch Wofford. I'm pumped to watch the Wofford game because they are. Maybe a little bit left behind as far as mid majors. Like, they gave him some respect, gave him that seventh seed. Uh, they grayed out super good. I I think I, yeah, as far as my my articles went, I took Wofford without even waffling. That was kind of a weird way to put it. Yeah, that was. <laughs> you didn't waffle on Wofford? Fair. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I was, there was, yeah, there was no doubt in my mind I was taking Wofford. Greensboro it was like a slight hedge. And then they mm-hmm. end up meeting in the final. Panels. So the southern count's kind of sweaty this year, but yeah, Wofford is one of the higher ranked uh, uh obviously they're seven seed out of a mid-major, so I have them rated high. I probably could take that.
1: If okay. I, uh, um
0: if I make any bets tonight's camp.
1: Yeah. Let's uh let's
0: no get Baylor.
1: Well we got we got a, we the we we've uh we've waited this long. The headlining grabbing call of the whole podcast is coming up now uh old dominion opened up as 12 point dogs it's been bet out to 12 and a half but uh you think they got you think they got a fighter's chance here to get a win huh lucky
2: i do uh let me give you the appetizers and then we'll call old dominion the main course why don't we do that so okay go for
1: it <laughs> uh this
2: this pod's this pod's pretty good for me just in terms of like things i think are interesting um and i'll and i i can go pretty fast here so yeah shoot uh, I like Michigan a little bit at fifteen. They got bet down, which I don't totally understand. Um, oh, the Grizzlies like I thought, have a great mascot. Going to like hang out or go up a tick, but like, I was really surprised Montana took money. To be perfectly honest, uh, so Montana played two not like basically completely non-competitive non-conference games. Uh, they're two like strong opponents, quote unquote strong. Uh, they lost by twenty-six to Creighton, and they lost by nineteen to Arizona. Um, they're a 200-100 team, so it's a completely miserable profile. Uh, I really think they actually have like a 0% chance of winning, like 0.1. Uh, like that, I would say like them and like Iona would be the two teams where <laughs> I would probably be the most and like kind of Gardner-Webb, but like I kind of like Gardner-Webb a little bit, but like the Montana and Iona are probably the two teams and maybe Northern Kentucky where it's like those are the upsets that would really, really, really surprise me. Like this is – Now, I know these two teams played last year and the game was just atrocious and Michigan won by a million, but, like, I really like Michigan at this number, just, like, sort of how these teams match up this year. Montana's profile is just, like, really, really bad considering the conference they play in. Uh, Baylor-Syracuse, like, Baylor's a 200-100 team basically every year that they make it as, like, a middle seed, which is why they get thumped by people all the time. Um, Like, it's a really odd game because (laughs) Syracuse is 4-7 and in their last 11 games, but, like, all the losses are like this with Louisville. It's the same thing. It's like, Oh, well, what are the losses? Like, Oh, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, Duke, North Carolina. (laughs) It's like, Oh, cool. Like that doesn't really tell me a whole lot. Uh, Is Tyus battle healthy? Oh, like, which would help them a lot. Um, Each team, Has like an elite skill that the other team can't stop whatsoever. Uh, So Baylor's going to get every single offensive rebound in this game. uh, And Syracuse is going to force a ton of turnovers with the zone just because of like how bad each of the other teams is at those things. And because Syracuse plays the zone, period. um, That'll lead to a lot of offensive rebounds. So I think just like actually probably more like a true coin flip, like maybe lean Syracuse, whatever. Uh, Seton Hall, Wofford, Andy talked about. So the only thing I would add is uh, Wofford played four non-conference play and they lost to all four by 10 or more points so like I'm a little pump the brakes on them too my only thing is I hate I hate Seton Hall my question with Seton Hall that I wrote down is is Seton Hall good at anything uh and I don't I'm not sure the answer is yes other than having like one star player who's pretty good the only news note that I think is interesting in this game is one of like the biggest sort of like matchup uh x and o things is basically just like who's going to guard Fletcher McGee for Wofford and Seton Hall. Actually, one of the reasons I kind of like them initially is they have a really elite perimeter defender. Quincy McKnight is his name. Uh, He's the guy who guarded Marcus Howard, like all three times they played Marquette and like shut him down basically, which is pretty impressive. So I was like, Oh shit. Like this guy's going to trail McGee on like every screen. It's going to be awesome. Like Seton Hall could actually win this game. Uh, Except Quincy McKnight, like got hurt in the conference tournament. And I read an article today that they're going to start the game with him not guarding McGee because he, McKnight's where he's going to get into foul trouble and he you know I think there's like some kind of injury weirdness going on there so like now I was actually gonna bet Seton Hall and now I'm <laughs> kind of freaked out a little bit by what's going on <laughs> like they're gonna start yeah. a guy guarding McGee who like might actually be a terrible defensive player Ooh. so like I don't know I don't know what's going on here now and I kind of thought the number was pretty good anyway like it's at least close i was just going to maybe like nibble seton hall money line because it was going to get pretty good probably i think everyone's going to bet wofford in this game um but anyway i thought those were kind of good notes before we get to the main course so yeah minion is not a very team. they're not very good but that's okay so this is a volatility game that i really hope goes in my favor and there's a couple uh Purdue is actually the team that shoots a ton of threes in this game, and their three-point shooting splits home road are actually pretty wild. Their home road splits period are the strongest home road difference of any team in college basketball and any team that I can remember. Um, they are one of the worst road neutral teams you'll ever see. I think they went like two and four on neutrals. They either lost on the road in conference or one in overtime or one by a possession to like really bad teams. It was like Nebraska one by two, like at Rutgers one by one. Like it was just basically there were a handful of possessions in their season that if they went the other way, we're talking about Purdue as like an eight that has like Minnesota's profile basically. And there were like two or three possessions the entire season that could have swung that one way or the other Um, concept Purdue at this seed at this number, like they're just way they're super inflated compared to what they actually are away from home. So that's kind of number one, like Purdue versus anyone in this situation is going to like, kind of pique my interest depending spending depending on who the other team is. Uh, Old Dominion is really, really, really good at exactly one thing. Uh, basically all of their possessions are going to end with misses where hopefully they get offensive rebounds and they're like the, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the field. And Purdue in conference was one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the big 10. So like the question is like, can old dominion score enough in this game to always be within the number? And I think they can, and I think they can do it almost solely because of their ability to get rebounds in this game. And like, I know Purdue has size and the big 10 is just different and, I get all of those things, but there's sort of like an interesting combination of factors here, volatility wise, where like, there are a lot of times in this game playing in an arena with a completely different backdrop where a ton of their offense relies on threes and where all of their possessions are one and done. Like, okay, cool. Sometimes Carson Edwards and Ryan (laughs) Klein are going to hit a bunch of threes. Purdue's going to win by 25 and everyone's going to shit on me. Like that's going to happen a lot. But like, it's not going to happen as much as the money line tells you it's going to happen. That would just be my thing. So like the idea that this can be within the number a lot. Also, like if you want to talk about coaches to never trust in a big spot in the tournament, like let's just put Painter like a one a. (laughs) So like, I mean, it's just like, there's, yes. I think there's at least three examples where he lost outright as like an eight point favorite or more yeah, in the tournament. So, like,
1: there's this was
2: like this Purdue team wasn't supposed to be anything. Like, this was like a bridge team, basically, with one really, really elite player. So, you know, like, just in terms of like Purdue away from home, what they are, which is not very good. Like, if Rutgers, Nebraska, Indiana can all hang within one possession with Purdue, can Old Dominion hang within 12?
1: like that would just be kind of my question in a low
2: scoring really low possession game so i've kind of said all i'm going to say like yeah is purdue going to win the game a lot like fucking of course they're going to win the game a lot but is plus 800 worth it considering all the like possible volatility that could happen like i i would say yes so
1: so you're saying there's a um, dude, that was a great There's breakdown. Always
0: a chance in these. Dude, that
1: was a great breakdown. You've that. got me totally sold. I'm a Monarchs fan. <laughs> no, I'm, all we need is Purdue fan. to win by fifty, and we're there. So. Oh, and I'm the, a Monarchs fan. Full, through
0: and, well, well, hey, it, and it's such a it's such a good point because like you're, threes, you're gonna get, get you're gonna get someone will shit on you, <clears throat> like sure. someone's gonna make this bet and shit on you on Twitter because that's how it is. But like that's the true mark of value. It isn't, you know, if how being results they win or lose, but knowing. Like this number's off. They're gonna win. You know, whatever the money line implies. However many times they'd win out of a hundred. Like it's off. They're gonna have this number's valuable, and I'm taking it. Yeah, like, and, like you,
1: you could, like you could, you calculate them. Like they have a 25 percent chance of winning. That should give you a, a money line price of what, like plus 300 or something like that. Like absolutely. You, like, because you're calculating so, like, a 25 percent chance of winning, and the act the implied break even is 11%. You have an enormous edge. But guess what? You make that bet, you're expecting to lose three quarters of the time. Right. So, so um, like
2: if you're if you do well, like that's
0: hard for people to make a bet that it's is gonna oh yes yeah.
2: well they they only play the game once lose that's why it's so hard for people it's way more often. often right they're only gonna right. play the game one yeah. time and Purdue's gonna win a whole shit ton of times that they do that so um, yeah th- what yeah. I would say is like if you just ran the most basic efficiency model right so like adjusted offense defense versus each other for each team figure yep. out how many possessions they're gonna be with like, yep. time of possession don't yep. add any home court
1: yep
2: raw numbers you get Purdue 12 and a half but like think about all the Purdue home games that are feeding that projection.
1: Yes. Yes. Like
2: if it's 12 and a half with every home game in it. And I understand old dominions conference games are in there too. And they're not playing as many teams, but we're not using conference numbers. We are using overall, like the non-cons are in there too. Like the idea that you get 12 and a half out of that with all the Purdue home games in there is like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, Maybe there's at least something going on here that's interesting. So,
1: oh, this is great. I, I love it. You've got me sold. That was a great breakdown. It's going to be tough to top it with uh, Friday's games. Uh, rather than go down the whole card Friday, because we have spent a lot of time talking right now, and I don't want to keep you guys all night. Uh, Andy's wife uh, needs to see him before he heads out to Vegas, is, is so I've been told. Um, Anything on Friday that you especially need to go put in some work? (laughs) Andy, anything on Friday that you're excited about? I guess as you look at the Friday card, what are you most excited to bet on on Friday?
0: Like I said, just all them big dogs. I'm going to be betting all the money lines. I don't even care what the I don't care what the team names are. I just circle the the seed numbers and start betting them. But honestly, I've uh, I guess I kind of fell in love with Cincinnati, and it's going to be awful hard for me to bet them. I'm going to let Lackey tell me why not to bet Cincinnati. Because I think it's going to be one of those super public Because they Cincinnati. Where everybody just Mike? saw. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Because they are Cincinnati. Like they are not. And I know they're not as good as they they made out. They were made out to be over the last week or so. So I'm I'm going to struggle to not bet that. I'll t- yeah, I'll tell you the ones I'm going to struggle to not bet. I'm going to really struggle to uh, bet. Not bet uh, Wisconsin. Just. To fade everybody, and honestly, yeah. like, I ran my numbers. Like Wisconsin's a better team than Oregon. I don't care if they're a little banged up. Like I might actually make that bet. Um, I am going to struggle not to fade uh, the Pac-12 in the Utah State game. I like, That coach said he uh, he hadn't watched any Utah State. I don't think you watched any Oregon games either. <laughs> Jesus, um, <laughs> Georgia State against the number struggle. I'm probably going to bet that one too. I don't care. I fuck with Houston. (laughs) I don't care if they beat me by 30. Like, these things happen sometimes. I'm going to bet Houston and they're going to win by 100 points, but I will take Georgia State in the points. Yeah. I I ran that That one already. Like, like, spoiler alert, that's happening. Um, Houston's Houston's a great team. And it's another one of those number things. Like, I just, I have good metrics on Georgia State and it doesn't matter. It's on a neutral. I think they can hang.
1: I like it. It's um, well, pretty much Lockie, it. Virginia uh, Tech runs through the tournament. Lockie, let me let do, want me to do
2: rapid fire Friday. Well, want me to well, go? Let me ask
1: you just real quick on Cal Irvine because we were making jokes about that before in the hey, you got it. And I am a UC Irvine. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm adjacent. like uh, Our office is here right on the campus. Um, but uh, they're playing early. This is 11 a.m. Pacific time. They're playing Kansas State. It's not, this is not a great situational matchup for them. Uh, I feel like they've done this to maybe level the playing field. Otherwise, this would have been a, just a—you know—they would have been the—you know—too easy to identify as a dog with the chance here, at going up against a, a beaten down Kansas State team. Um, anything surprising or, or scare you away from back in the anteaters on Friday?
2: Uh, I would put Irvine in like the Vermont, uh, you know, a couple other teams group of like. They played so few teams that were any good all season, and their conference was so atrocious. Like the Big West was really bad this year. So like, I wrote down like high variance rock fight was what I wrote for this game, where basically like they <laughs> okay, like gonna be like eighty possessions in this game, sure. and like you know okay, in like a tiny, in like a you know in a really really small possession game. You know, can Irvine win like 56-52? Like, of course they can. So I just, I kind of have a bunch of question marks with Irvine. Like they beat St. Mary's in non-conference, which apparently everybody beat St. Mary's in non-conference, but like uh, A&M is their second best win. Like I just, this isn't, this isn't even like shitting on Irvine. It's just like I don't know what they are, and I don't know if their conference games like tell me what they're going to be in this game. So like yeah. to me, those some of those
1: situations are just like pass, basically. Right. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. What uh, What does pique your interest on Friday?
2: Sure. So I'm I'm gonna roll through everything super fast. I actually I have like not a ton of deep thoughts on a on a few of these. So Iowa Cincy is like a total pass for me. I think the number is like absolutely perfect. Uh, Oklahoma Ole Miss is a pass because I tried to spend like an hour figuring out the game and couldn't Uh, (laughs) K-State. We already talked about the only other game in the early window. Uh, I actually like Texas tech, like a pretty good amount uh, at 14. (laughs) Uh, Northern Kentucky had zero top 100 wins the entire year. Both, non-con- both non-conference both non games they played against major teams. They lost by double digits. They don't really have like an elite skill. They only shoot like okay. And their defensive profile is really, really bad. So like if Texas Tech just shows up, I think this is actually, this has the potential to be like maybe like a really crazy sc- uh, scoreline. So okay. like that's early window. Uh, mid-window, Colgate's a 200-100 team that – maybe should provide like about zippo resistance they can make some threes which maybe put them within the number but like and that number is massive gardner web virginia like total pass i hope virginia wins unlike last year because of my future exercise um, those demons yeah just like just like just win and like let's just get on with this uh who's playing yet i have no idea who duke's playing yet oregon wisconsin like I would probably bet Wisconsin at the current number. Like, I have a really hard time with this because it's like, are you just using Oregon's last seven games when you're trying to make a number here? Like, because that's when they kind of like changed rotations. They started this freshman who everybody said like, kind of like change the mentality of the team. Like Bill Walden had this like 10 minute rant about him during the (laughs) Pac-12 game. So it's just like, what what Oregon is this? Like basically like they got smashed by, I think it was UCLA like about a month ago. And since then it's like, they're the greatest team ever defensively. They still have like so much trouble scoring So like, I just, I don't like, what am I using for their metrics? Like, how am I weighting the recent stuff? Like, are they really a different team? Like, I have no idea, but I know Wisconsin's really good. Like Oregon's not just playing, Oregon's not playing like Mississippi State where it's like, oh, like Oregon, 1 million percent. Um, Like Wisconsin's really, really good. (laughs) Like Wisconsin there, but like, I have a lot of trouble with Oregon and like their recent games and stuff. Uh, Sure. Washington and Utah State, 1 billion percent pass. Apparently, Washington hasn't watched any Utah State film either, so that's going to be a little problematic. Uh, Duke, we already went through. don't know who they're playing. Uh, I I really like Houston, (laughs) Uh, which is tragic because Andy likes Georgia (laughs) State, apparently. Um, Georgia State lost by double digits to Creighton and Liberty. Losses in their conference this year. It's like the Sun Belt, which is really not very good. We can't talk about games that happened in December. We've been over this but those, like those are so just, far in the past. <laughs> I agree I agree that the teams are different than they were there but like all we have and it's this stuff plus yeah. other stuff. Like it's sort of a combination of a bunch of things. So like you lose 5 games in sunbelt play and you have no elite skill whatsoever, like I I would struggle to find a way where Houston doesn't win this. Like it's 11 and a half. Like I just, and there are some big numbers. There are some big numbers that I would really struggle with. Like, you know, like I don't want any part of Virginia at a big number. I don't want Tennessee at a big number. Like I, I get it. Um, like Houston, Texas tech. Like these are, these are like actually like pretty advantageous matchups. Um, night real quick. Like UNC is going to win by a billion and the spreads a billion neat, you know, like, uh, UCF VCU, like. I don't know if Marcus Evans is going to play for VCU. He's their best player. Apparently, he's in line to play. I have no idea if he's going to play or not, so it's impossible for me to bet
1: that game. Um, Can we stop on that one real quick? Let's stop on that one real quick. So They set this up for, for UCF to get through and play Duke in the, uh, in, the, in the round of 32. They want Dawkins, Coach K. They want to be able to pump up that Duke game, get people to tune in on Sunday. There's no doubt in my mind. And I feel like they put them, Central UCF, up against VCU, knowing that that uncertainty about, you know, star player injury, blah, 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 that that VCU is, they were deserving of a ninth seed, sure, but they should be an easy, you know, they should be an out for Central Florida here. Uh, Is that, is this, is this nonsense using that sort of a narrative here to try to create and, you know, try to uh, imply some sort of edge in this one?
2: Oh, what I would say, this got brought up with uh, the Patino thing with Minnesota, Louisville, and a bunch of places. Uh-huh. And the best response I heard was like, "What impact do you think coaching against he and his dad's old team has on TV ratings?" Like
0: <laughs> yeah, the probably.
2: matchup setups that come up all the time, <laughs> where it's like, "Oh my god!" Like they're setting it up for this coach to face his old team in the in the round of 32. Like they know what they're doing, and it's like if I just like went upstairs and asked my family right now, like if they've even heard of these people, like, nope, like it's cool. It is a TV show. Like that analysis is correct. Like, yes, it is a TV show. So you could argue some decisions are made that way, but like the idea of the storyline with the coach or the former player, or like if Hurley wins tomorrow, he plays the guys that he recruited. Like nobody gives a shit. Like nobody cares except like, absolute like deep dive media sports writers deep dive media hashtag uh (laughs) sports it's just like you know the guys who are really in the weeds care a lot and they write stories based off that but like
0: yeah
2: right like i think it's just like uh like great next you know like who cares so
0: yeah okay saw rick at practice today he's there he's in minnesota (laughs) on the ground we're reporting
1: um I cannot
0: conform
1: any of this. Oh, okay. Well, uh, okay. Uh, Liberty, Mississippi State, Liberty, overvalued.
2: So uh, the other, like St. Louis, St. Louis Votek. I have, I have nothing in that. Uh, My only great note with Ohio State, Iowa State is. Do you know what Ohio State's record is in 2019?
1: (sighs) It's not good. The year Uh,
2: of 2019, what the record is? uh, Okay, I'm
1: gonna get. I'm gonna guess. uh, Oh, the county. I'm gonna guess it's. Four and ten. Andy, you have
0: a guess. Oh, I wanna go like I want to go five and eleven. I think they played more games than that. They did, they played 20 games,
2: actually. Um they're seven (laughs) and thirteen in 2019.
1: Best
2: win in the
1: entire
0: 2019.
2: Their best win is like know what their best win is, but I'm going to dub their best win at Indiana.
1: No, That's their best video. win
2: in 2019. Uh, their profile's miserable. They're like we talked about 200 100. <laughs> They're at 272 71. They're just like we're talking about games from three months ago. Like they had good non-conference wins, but like you're seven and 13 in the last three and a half months. Like what what are we doing here? So like uh, yeah. I actually thought they kind of shouldn't maybe have made the field, but like Iowa State's already like they set the number kind of like in a way where like. There's recognition that there is a gap between the two teams, which is unfortunate. Um, and like Iowa State's going to be a team that everyone talks themselves into because of the Big Twelve tournament. So like, neat. Like I still kind of like Iowa State a little bit here. Like I just, I kind of do <laughs> like, too. I'm I, probably they're seven and thirteen, win. and they've beaten nobody. Like I just, I what? What do you want me to do here? So yeah, um, I
1: kind of like. So but
2: the, Liberty's well. the only other game uh, left that I. it's My only thing here, <laughs> like. I think Mississippi state is awful. I just, every time I watch them, I think they're terrible. Like, uh, (laughs) you know, like they have the, the Weatherspoon brothers play there. And uh, Nick, I think is the one who's suspended indefinitely. There's like a lot of, what I would say here is like, I would actually monitor this (laughs) because Ben Howland gave a press con or not a press conference. Ben Howland gave an interview, I think like two days ago where somebody was like, uh, and Nick Witherspoon's, by the way, like by far their best defensive player and their defensive efficiency from non-con to conference and especially after he got suspended, like completely tanked. Like the defensive efficiency numbers are wild in the last like month compared to before that. Like they can't stop anybody. But basically Howland was asked like, oh, like suspended indefinitely. Like, is he coming back? And he's like, as of exactly right now at this minute, no. And then like ended the interview. <laughs> and it was like, okay, so like, is he is he playing like (laughs) like what's going on so because like liberty like they're like they play the slowest imaginable pace and if mississippi state is not going to have their best defender and they're going to play like they did the back half of the year like where they can't stop anybody like can liberty win this game like again like you're talking about like the smallest number of possessions possible. Like, of course they can win the game. So, but just in terms of like, if you're doing your own handicap, like I just kind of thought that note was interesting that it was basically like, Oh, like what's up with this guy? Like still suspended. It's like, well, sort of see ya. And they just like ran away basically. Um,
1: It's so so funny. So just kind of something
2: interesting to keep in mind. So
1: it's so funny too, because the NCAA put out that just unreal, like, in the, you know, the life man don't the bet, life, don't yeah, yeah the, do, don't bet on it uh, uh thing on it. they're like if you do not if you know uh you know disciplinary action do not talk about it like what <laughs> wait what like we're, we're gonna keep this secret and proprietary really okay fine um yeah it's it's a it's a weird situation going on in mississippi state so go liberty um all right uh let's wrap this up, great job on this podcast. I've already learned and feel more prepared to win some money in this round one. actually filled out my
0: bracket. Nice. Nice work.
1: Um, Which leads me to my final question. Andy, who wins?
0: I mean, just Virginia Tech, for sure. ACC bet comes through.
1: Virginia Tech takes home the title. Virginia Tech? That's crazy. Your bracket, you really put Virginia Tech winning
0: profile just saying i will in one in the in long term but uh no gonzaga let's go gonzaga Gonzaga. FD, okay. ACC.
1: okay okay um i mean i guess if you bet your acc bet then you've got yourself covered because it's probably gonna be zags or the acc right i mean the chance the chance that michigan michigan state spoils your party it's but the other, that's, yeah, pretty yeah, that's good the coverage. other
0: reason i really like that one so yeah you know,
1: I'll probably be okay here. uh lucky who wins
2: uh, so the team I want to bet on to win is Carolina at 10. I talked about that already, but in, I believe I filled out two brackets. I don't like to do, I know a lot of people like to enter like a hundred bracket competitions. Like, is that any fun? Like it's like no. doing a hundred fantasy leagues. It's no, like, you're it's basically terrible. on Sunday, you're just cheering for and against every player. Yeah, there's so, no way. Um, yeah. So the, the <laughs> <laughs> basically like my, my sort of like primary bracket and I'm, I'm also like not great at brackets anyway. Cause like it's a different skill set, I guess, sure. but, and just also completely random Uh, I have Duke, Michigan as one final four, uh, Virginia, Kentucky as the other final four, just to try to be like one, like sort of like seeds that kind of makes sense. If you told me all three ACC teams made the final four, I would not be surprised. I actually do really like Michigan in that region though. Uh, I'll, I'll say Michigan beats Duke and plays Carolina in a rematch a game forever ago that Carolina looked shitty in. Um, and I'll say North Carolina wins. So Michigan loses in the final again.
1: Okay, okay, all right. You're on. You're on the uh, record. Um,
2: Old Dominion. They make the final four too.
1: Old oh, Dominion. Yeah. yeah. I Love mean, em. somebody, something crazy is going to happen up in that <laughs> Um All right, guys. Great job. Let's wrap it up. Well done. Good luck this tournament. Uh, thank you for all your insight. I really appreciate uh, the fact that you guys were prepared for this uh, and kind of carried the carry the water here because uh, this is not my bag. Uh, call on me when we get to the NBA playoffs, but uh, this is uh, this is just enjoyed for the for the for the, for the, for the fun. Job. Yeah, good job, guys. Um, best of luck this tournament.